We know you have a lot of sucky podcasts to choose from. So thank you for listening to this sucky podcast. And now here's Bradley Laborman. I forgot to mute myself. So let me try that again. Hi. I know I, I told I told Alex when I got started I was going to forget to mute myself. Unmute myself. So here we go. Hi, everybody. Luckily for me, I can fix this in post-production. Hi, everybody. It's me, Bradley Laborman. I am the host of This Sucky Podcast. Welcome to This Sucky Podcast. Uh, this is the first time we've done live streaming for The Sucky Podcast. And, uh, you know, we already had a couple technical difficulties. But if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the ways you could usually listen to it, you didn't know any of that stuff. This is just something extra that you get to experience if you come and watch the live stream. We are live streaming now on Getter. If you're part of the Getter app, uh, there's a link in the description on how to join Getter. I recommend joining Getter. It's a nice alternative to Twitter. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, and it's giving me a nice live streaming platform that I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to a lot of fun and a lot of stuff before... I get started though. I need to say this because this announcement popped up um, before the podcast even started, and that is that Bob Saget has passed away. Uh, I'm as of this podcast, I'm still waiting to hear more information about what, what exactly happened. But Bob Saget uh, has passed away at, at the age of 65. So as more develops from that, I'm sure you'll hear about it in all the news and everything. I just want to say, as a fan of Bob Saget. Uh, he will be greatly missed, uh, and it seems like we're losing a lot of comedians. We're losing we're losing a lot more comedians these days. Uh, with with Norm McDonald passing away earlier, he comes into my head just because of the fact that him and Bob Saget were such good friends, and uh, it's just very sad. And um, uh, these are the these are the guys that inspire me to just be myself and to say and to say myself. And it's and it's kind of weird fitting because. Today on the show, uh, we're going to be talking about political correctness, and one of the most politically incorrect per people I know, even though he got on Twitter and would you know, say all this vaccine stuff or whatever, one of the most pol politically incorrect people I knew was Bob Saget. So, uh, rest in peace, Bob Saget, and uh, I'm sad that I had to uh, start the show with that little bit of information. Uh, let me uh, give you a quick little introduction here. And then we will get started with the show. Uh, my guest today is Alex Van Zeeland, uh, a published model, actress, stand-up comedian. Okay, She's been published in Playboy, Maxim, Vanity Fair, and Vogue magazine. As an actress, uh, has been in The Wolf of Wall Street, Vinyl, is that my, I think I'm saying that right, uh, Miss Incorporated, where, as in a supportive role, a supportive role Hustlers, uh, she's been nominated for Best Supporting Actress by South by Southwest Film Festival and winner of, for Best Supporting Actress at the 54-Hour Film Festival. Uh, Alex's main focus in life is stand-up, and as a comedian, uh, she is gaining traction in the industry. Within the year, she has already performed at the Comedy Store's Original Room, and she can be considered a working stand-up working stand-up comedian in the Los Angeles area. Uh, 
I'm going to put her social media information down in the description so you'll be able to find her there. She's active on Instagram. She's active on Twitter. I'm trying to get her active over here on Getter. But without further ado, here, welcome Alex to the show. Hello, Alex. Hello. How are you? See, now you're, you muted, you unmuted yourself. I, good job, because I didn't unmute myself earlier. So I, I want to say props to you for uh, unmuting yourself. Alex, it was just, it was nice that you were able to come on. I I don't really know you that well. I just sort of met you today. Uh, we I had some other plans that didn't come through and, and you, you popped in. And once I saw you and I learned about you, I was like, I really want to get Alex on the show. So Alex, I, I, I know I said your bio, but please, if you've got any more information about yourself, please, Share it right now. Any fun and interesting things about yourself? Oh God. Well, um, at this point in my career, I am with stand-up. I've only been doing it for a year as of January 2nd. And I have been really getting into um, storytelling and, and learning how to do that, but also throwing um, jokes in there that are like pop culture references so that way the transitions are smooth but you don't really know what i'm going to say next um right basically without giving away the 20 minute set that i am putting together um and it, it is a big accomplishment um to a be able minutes, to a 20 minute set is a big accomplishment is, yeah, I, I was doing a lot of like five minute stuff. I remember my first twenty minute set. That's that's a big deal. That's that's a that's a lot of stuff. It's a lot, and um, I'm I'm at fifteen minutes, but I'm not going to feel comfortable um, submitting to my hometown club in Nashville, Tennessee, until I have that twenty minutes. Okay. Um, because you you know that like as a comedian, you have a home club. Everybody has their club. That's where they work everything out. That's where you can go and you can see them pop in. Um, it, it doesn't matter who's headlining. The, there's a chance that you could see that comic because that's their club. Um, and I'm very professional in how I'm trying to go about my footing I would like to be known as a Nashville comic. I am very thankful to the Los Angeles area um, for, you know, giving me a shot. Um, but Nashville is my home. That's where I would like my come up to be. Um, but I am thankful to LA for making me a better comic and the opportunities that I've been given. And, and I want to say that too, that uh, I think the, the pandemic specifically has proven to people that you can make it and not be in Los Angeles or New York City. And I want to say I have a lot of comedian friends who are all over the place. I, I believe that, I don't know exactly, but I know for a long time that Nikki Glaser went back and lived with her parents in St. Louis. And she was still doing her stand-up. She was doing a podcast from St. Louis. I think she was also, up until they canceled it, she was doing her serious radio show from St. Louis, because I think she just wanted to be closer to her family because she didn't know what was going on with everything. And, but I, so many of my friends who lived in Los Angeles have moved out of Los Angeles and are like, I don't know why I'm paying that much rent if I need to travel back 
to if I need to go to LA for something, if I need to go to New York for something, I can just do it. But I can live cheaper. Like I moved back. To, I moved here to the Midwest with the plan that my plan was like I'm done with comedy. I'm done doing everything. I'm just gonna be irrelevant and just live a normal life and have a normal job. And then when COVID happened, it was the complete opposite for me. I was like, oh, I have a lot more free time because I'm not going out with people. I can work on my comedy. I can do some more writing. Uh, then when stuff started to lift up, I, I shot a movie. Uh, it's just it's just fascinating that, but I, I, I like the idea of, I've never heard of a, and I know there's clubs and everything, I've never heard of uh, a Nashville comedian. Because I'm so used to the, like, Los Angeles and New York and all this stuff. I, I, does, does Nashville have a large comedy scene? Um, we have an up-and-coming scene. We have uh, one of the top five clubs. Uh, we have Zanies that's okay. owned by Brian Dorfman here in Nashville. Um, my friend Lucy, shout out to Lucy. She is one of the greatest bookers of... I think all time, um, the staff at Zany's is incredible. That is, that is my second home. Um, that is a place that I choose to honor and I want to bring my best to it. Um, and, and the, I'm and sure nice that you guys about, are going to get, um, what was that? I was going to say, and the nice thing about Zany's is like, we have a Zany's here in Chicago. We have two Zany's here right. in Chicago. So I feel like Zany's is a situation like, if you headline at a Zany's in, in Nashville, then you That's can right. go, you can do the circuit. So definitely, yes. maybe we'll trade. Cause I'm trying, that's, cause that's funny that you are using Zany's as like your sort of home base because I'm trying to use Zany's in Chicago as my home base. So that's, that's just, that's just great. That's, that's good to know. Absolutely. We, do like we, we should definitely do that afterwards, but, um, as I was going to say, I know that I sound very proper and eloquent right now, but trust me, as the podcast goes on, you will get to know me very well. Good. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's good. And that's what I, I was warned that ahead of time. So I, I kind of, yes. I was like, bring it on. That's the type of guest I'm looking for, for this show. I have a lot of just random stuff I want to talk about, you know, because you are a comedian and we are and we are on a podcast we are we are on a website that we exclusively stream on that uh is working hard against censorship against cancel culture things like that and i just want to talk about the whole idea of do you feel that comedy has taken a hit because of cancel culture or do you feel that it's coming back like it had a moment and now it's kind of like back on top and comedians are saying, you know what, screw this, enough is enough. Let me tell my jokes. Where, where do you feel we lie with that? Okay, I'm just gonna start off by saying that I am gonna rant, okay. all right? Go ahead. So, <laughs> I am somebody that believes in the principle that our constitution has given us the free liberties that no other country in the world has at their disposal as as citizens of this country. If you do not like what I have to say, then don't come to a comedy show. If you don't like what any great comic has to say, 
and you can't take a joke, you shouldn't be at a comedy show. Because right now, I think it is safe to say that comedy is the last free range of being able to say what it is that you're allowed to by living in a free world, uh, a, a free country. Yeah. Um, now, the problem here is that people have an opinion and your opinion means shit in the <laughs> long run. Okay. It, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just something that's yours. It's what you think. It is not a fact. Yeah. It's so, an opinion. 100%. It is an opinion. So if you don't like the fact that this is an art, okay, this is an art making you cocksuckers laugh. It's an art. If you can't take a joke, you shouldn't be there. If you feel that we have a different, a, a differ, a different, I can't speak. Uh, a, <laughs> if we don't see eye to eye and you can't walk away from that saying to yourself, you know, she was funny. I didn't like what she said. And you can walk away and say, but I can respect the fact that this is an art. Then that's okay. But I don't do what I do to make you happy. It's to make me happy. And those around me that are just, just as sadistic and fucked up as I am yep, happy. Yep. Alex, if you don't like, if you don't like what I have to say, go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly the same. I am such, from the early days, I've been, I've been live streaming since like 2006. I've been on YouTube since it started all this other stuff. My biggest thing has always been, I am not going to coddle what you want. I'm going to do what I like. And if people in, have the similar mindset of me and enjoy it, those are the people I want to surround myself with. Those are the people that I want to have as fans. I don't want to have, I don't want to try to be a person that I'm not just because I, I need more and more people to be, to like me. I want people right. to just like me because they have the same thoughts as me. Like the, so they they get what I'm saying or if they even if they don't have the same thoughts as me, they at least respect the fact that I can have different thoughts in them and we can have different views. It was such a weird it's it's been such a weird time as a comedian because for me personally uh after uh 2016 my whole everything changed on me. I remember on in November of 2016, on on the day two days before election day, November 16, I went to the reality TV awards. Got invited as a special guest to the reality TV awards. I took all these people with me. I took took this couple from a Bravo TV show. I said, I got extra tickets, come along. I took all these people with me to this thing. And and every time before that, anytime I had any sort of opportunity. I made sure my friends got these opportunities too. Like if I got to go someplace, I was bringing my friends with me. The right. day after the election, they all unfriended me. All these people unfriended me because, and, and I never, ever, because I've been through several elections before that and I never had that situation before. And it was just like, and but it also made me realize, uh, these are the people I want to hang out with. 
if I'm not allowed to have a different opinion than them, I don't want to hang out with these people anymore. And it really changed my, my view on, on people. It also made me a more callous and bitter old man in my comedy. But I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with this idea that I don't understand people that go to comedy clubs and then they get angry at the stuff that's being said at comedy clubs. I shouldn't don't be understand. There. Yes, I don't understand when somebody says, shame on Netflix for having a Dave Chappelle special. I'm thinking to myself, you're the one that bought Netflix. You're the one that turned on the show. You, There's nobody holding a gun to your head telling you that you have to watch the Dave Chappelle special on Netflix. You can just watch Coco, Le- Coco Melon or whatever it is if you want to. Or yeah. Whatever other shows are on there. And, and watch those instead. Nobody's telling you to watch this stuff. And, and I was very proud of Netflix because Netflix... Uh, I was some, too. Some of their showrunners got like, oh, I'm going to cancel culture. And they, and they were like, no, you're fired. Get out of here. We, you know, support either support Netflix or get lost because people can have, we can have different quality of shows on there. Right. So, um, I mean, it's just, oh, I, somebody loved it in the chat. I just saw somebody said, said they loved it when you said cocksuckers or whatever you said. So it's a great word, especially when you're doing stand up. I don't know what it is. It just catches everyone off guard. You throw a cocksucker in there and it just lightens the mood. So right. thank you. Right. Now, I, I want to say that I'm starting my new thing in comedy is because you were talking about storytelling. And that's where I, I really started was I tried to get up and I would try to do jokes. And people were just like, just get up there and tell a story because that's what you're good at. And I would tell these stories. But now I've started to get a little braver. And I have considered doing working the crowd. You know, where, oh, yeah, okay. I've, I've been thinking about it. I've been I've, I've done it a couple times. And you really set yourself up for a heckling situation because if you start to work with the wrong person, then they think they're part of the show and then they start to talk too much and then you're like, shut up, get out of here. But I'm, I'm a big fan of like, I'll name some comedians and I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, Big J Okerson. Uh, He's wonderful, isn't he? And right. I was in the movie Hustlers with him. Yes. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can say this and hopefully I don't get him in trouble for this. But he got me so fucking stoned on that set, I forgot the only line that I had to say oh my in God. that movie. Oh my God, I'm gonna DM him this clip. I'm gonna DM this, this is great. <laughs> no, you're not gonna get in trouble for that because the guy talks about, the, on his podcast, it, it, uh, those guys had the podcast together, uh, the bonfire, and they would the talk skanks. about getting baked and stoned all the time. So I, yeah. him, I, I, I he was talking about, one day he talked about, uh, um, he talked about he loved tab soda, and I sent him a box of tab soda to the studio because I was like, "Here's a box of tab," because he said, "Oh, well, it doesn't exist anymore." I go, "Yeah, it does. Here, I'll send you a box." It of does. That. Yeah, I sent it over to him. But I, I, he's one that I just—he's amazing with working the crowd. And That's all I, he does. Yes, I loved, and I, and just, just great stuff. And it's so I, I realized he was in Hustlers. I keep forgetting he played like a, a DJ, right? In that's right, right, and. You- you know what was what was fucked up is that I I'm I hung out with him for a little bit because you know like you know the comics they come outside they'll they'll smoke a cigarette whatever right. hang out right. after a show and you know this was right before I got up on stage and was like all right let's see if I can do this but anyway I had forgot that I had worked with him and. All of a sudden, I, I went back to like grab the clip from Hustlers to put on my film reel, 
and I saw Big J and I was like, oh, you stupid fuck you. You worked with him and you were talking to him for an hour and never brought it up. Oh, yeah. Well, but that was also kind of a cool thing because I know a lot of guys that go specifically to like the uh, Laugh Factory and stuff like that to go outside to smoke with the comedians just to try to get them to be like, hey, can you have me open for you or something like that? So, I mean, I think yeah. good job. You did a good job. I mean, yeah. you. I don't you want any been, help. Yeah. And that's great. But at I the really same time, don't. you should go back now. I'll send them the clip. And then, it, and then I'll be like, hey, Alex worked with you. You should help her out. There you go. So, but. Uh, oh, he's so, he's so dear. I have not met um, his girlfriend or fiance. I haven't figured or that wife. out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it was because I don't know because I listened to the radio and they had a really weird relationship on their show and I can never tell if it was like I don't know what it was but I I I'm gonna say girlfriend at least so yeah yeah because they've been together for a while but um yeah it, it was crazy and um, um shout out to Shane Gillis uh, and I'm not name dropping intentionally. I'm just so no, that's overwhelmed with joy. Shane Gellis is a great example of somebody who who was canceled. Who was canceled? Who should be on SNL? And I yes. am going to say this, and this I'm sorry if this upsets anybody. I'm tired of Bowen Yang. I'm tired of him, of him on SNL. I don't like him. He's not good. He he does the same character. <laughs> he he just does the same character in different clothes and i'm like okay i get it whatever but he I, like he came out and he was uh bow and yang the iceberg that sunk the titanic and then he was in another sketch and he was and it was a sketch where they were doing uh they were listening to driver's license by olivia rodrigo and it was they were all dancing to it and it, but it was like just bow and yang being this the same guy it was he just plays the same character and I don't see any diversity with them. So look, I'll, I'll I'll tell you this much: I don't know who any of them are. Okay. I don't know. Like, I won't watch it. It's not funny. You put someone like Tim Dillon on there, it's gonna be funny. You put someone like Shane Gillis on there, it's gonna be funny. Oh my god! It is Tim not Dillon. a funny we show. We have the same taste. We have the same taste in comedians, and I love that about you, Alex. Because Tim Dillon just has been hilarious lately and just really just hitting people where where it counts and i and i just love it about him so should i tell you then um so let me before i forget um shane gillis i met him after a show i asked him it was like the night before i was gonna go up and i was gonna do stand up for the first time um i was scared shitless and you know it's an open mic but you know when it's your first time it doesn't matter because you, you got the adrenaline pumping. And I asked him, I was like, can I say retard in my first set? And he was like, well, you know, it takes a lot of time. Um, you know, you, you might need a few years under your belt, but you know what I say? Fuck it, say it. <laughs> and that's how retard night was born, which is still one of my favorite jokes. Um, and I, the, the trick with that joke is that you only say the word retard once. So that's, you've already, that's how you've you said get, it a couple times already. It's okay, though. I've said it a bunch of times, <laughs> right. but I am on a platform that I can say that. So, yeah. you know. And by the way, Mongoloid 
is worse than retard. Oh yeah. Can I one, just uh, say one million percent? That? And people seem to forget that at least three years ago, you know, when you see people like uh, Seth MacFarlane and all these guys talking about oh being great or whatever, you forget that like three years ago, like Family Guy. I mean, that's the first time I ever really heard Mongoloid being used in a sentence on a show. Yeah. And they and and they make jokes now about how they're not that bad anymore. But at the same time, it's still. They, that wasn't that long ago. And really, it's no. so weird how people forget that it wasn't that long ago. And then all of a sudden we had this like three-year stick up our ass. And now it's kind of somebody finally just said, you know what? Get this stick out of here. Dave Chappelle basically came up and said, uh, you got a stick in your ass. Let me pull it out for you. And then he pulled it out and it seems to, like things are getting back to normal again. Listen here, motherfuckers. I was a kid in the 90s, okay? Right. They said retard on Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. Yep. And unfortunately, it's ingrained in my head forever. Yep. And who's who's better suited to say retard than me? I have a brain tumor, okay? So I, that's a fun fact about me. I do okay. have a whole bit about this too. But I found out that I had a brain tumor in May uh, it's a pineal cyst. It's a 2.2 um, milliliter cyst in my brain that they don't want to operate on. It's benign. Okay. Um, but it is benign, so I'm not dying. But I am handicapped, which, by the way, makes me retarded. Full circle. Full circle. Full cir full so circle I'm around. using it. I'm using it. And I, you know what? Here's Here's my... Here's my thing. Disclaimer. Brain tumor. Now nothing that I say matters. Right. Right. I, 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 don't, I don't have that luxury. I don't, I don't even want to call it a luxury. <laughs> but for the longest time, I watched an episode of... Uh, I watched an episode of... Um, uh, um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. And there was a, there was a kid with... Um, uh, Asperger's and he and and they were talking about the Simpsons and, and he was like oh he's rude and he speaks his mind and he says all this stuff and then uh, Larry decided he was going to just start saying he that he had Asperger's so that he could get away with doing stuff and then for a while I was going to do that too because I was like maybe I do maybe I mean, I'm just going to maybe I'll self-diagnose myself because I'm kind of opinionated about crap and I kind of say things that I don't mean to say sometimes well, I do mean to say it, but sometimes I, I don't really have a sensor. And so, yeah, I went through that little phase too. But I don't have the luxury of actually having... I don't like saying that it's a luxury either. Sorry. I don't, I don't know how to say it. I don't have the luxury of having a brain tumor, a benign brain tumor, so I can get away I mean, with saying things. You can get away with with anything. And here's here's the thing. I've got the proof. I've got the MRIs. i got the picture of my ass that I took in the gown when I was like, don't know why I'm in the hospital still. That oh, selfie wow. forever saved. I mean, like, yeah, I, I did like a whole video series on like, why am I still in Vanderbilt right now? Why are they concerned? Um, but yeah, I started having, um, they're called complex seizures. Okay. So it's not even know. like normal seizures. Have you heard of them? Because yeah. basically what happens is like, I'm not going to like convulse and like foam at the mouth. That's, right, that's right. not what happens to me. What happens is I will start to forget who I am. And I won't know where, 
I don't, I won't know where I am. I won't know who I am and I'll kind of hallucinate. And the thing is, is that once it starts happening, I'm not going to be able to communicate. And it's, it's, it's scary for whoever has to witness it because I, I, uh, from what I've been told, I pant and I turn gray and I start to sweat. And um, the longest that one has lasted is an hour. Okay. The shortest is 45 seconds. Right, right. Uh, um, now, seizures, it's technically that there's just a buildup of electricity in the brain. Mm -hmm. um, and I can usually sense, like, within hours as to when I might be having one. So... Well, I yeah, they, I was gonna say they have seizure dogs, and they're like I I've seen people that have seizure dogs, and I it's and that whole thing yeah it's that whole chemistry thing where it starts to build up and a dog can sense it before it's gonna happen and they start licking your face or doing whatever they need to do to help you out so um, yeah it, it it it's very it's very interesting like how it starts to come on and. Um, I'm fine, everybody. Like, you know, usually what happens is like when I start feeling a little weird, it doesn't matter what I have going on. I will send an email and just be like, hey, this might happen if I show up. Do you want me to like seize out? It might be funnier than my routine. No. Oh. But... I, had, I, had, I had a roommate and he had a, his thing was, it was a diabetic seizure. It was a seizure caused by his, his diabetes. And uh, I would have to, he'd be up in the middle of the night and he would, it would be a weird screaming thing. And I'd have to like shove honey down his throat. Like I'd have to like, yeah. and, and, and get bit at the, in the process, but I'd have to like put honey in his mouth and, and calm him down, get, get his blood sugar right or whatever. But and I guess it necessarily wasn't really a seizure. It was more of a fit sort of thing. I had, there was an, uh, uh, another girl I went out with where she had a situation where she had this thing where her body built up too much ammonia. Okay. And it was, it was like, like uh, the crystals, like the ammonia crystals almost yeah, like, 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 she, like her body would start to, and she'd start to go into something similar to what you're talking about, where she'd, she'd get hazy and not know where she was. And, and, so I, I dropped her off. We went out and I said, I'll see you tomorrow for brunch. And then she never answered her phone. And I was like, oh, and she had offhandedly mentioned that she had this issue. And a week after I hadn't seen her, I decided she had like, ditched me. I was talking to somebody who was, who used to go out with her. And he said, and I said, well, you know what? Could it be that she went to the hospital? And I called the hospital and I gave her name and they're like, yeah, she's in a medically induced coma. We haven't been able to. So I went to this this hospital. This girl's like in this coma. Oh, just sorry. That's a long story, not for today. So it turned wow. into a whole, it was a very weird because I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this to wrap up that story. We had been friends for a while, and we went out, and that was like our second date or whatever. And then she was in the coma, and she was out for like a week or whatever. And I came every day and hung out with her and I met her parents, her mother and all this other stuff. And it was just like, and so like during that time, like I went up like this in the relationship 
but she was still in a coma. And then when she woke up, she was like, uh, who are you? No, I was like, can I, you know, like she woke up and she's like, I'm fine. My mom said you've been over here and all stuff. I said, Oh, do you want me to come over? And she's like, no. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, and then she went, she was from, she was actually from Switzerland. She went home. Her mom made her go, go back to Switzerland and I never saw her again. And it was a sad story, but Aww. it was a very sad relationship sort of thing where I got, I kind of got dumped, but I wasn't really going out with her. But in my head I was, cause I sat by her at the hospital every day. Oh, I'm sad. I'm crying. No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm not crying. Let's change subjects. <laughs> Let's change um, subjects. I got, so Oh, go ahead. Go ahead while I'm looking for what I got to say here. Um, Tim Dillon is the one that inspired me to do stand-up comedy. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I accidentally found him researching as much pedophile information as I could on Jeffrey Epstein. Um, he was one of the few people that had interviewed a journalist that I, I really love and I've known about for a long time. And it was weird because, like, this was probably in, like, my most, uh, I guess, addict mentality as far as drinking is concerned. Okay. Um, so I was, like, very bored, obviously, with, with the uh, quarantine. And I would just, like, drink a handle of tequila and then go jogging drunk. Like, that, that sounds about something. right. That sounds about right now. Yeah. Yeah. I And I would just, I'd swig straight tequila and I'd like run for like two miles, which is fucking insane. Um, brain tumor. Anyway, I would start listening um, to Tim and he's the reason um, that I was able to stop myself from drinking. Okay. Um, he's who inspired me to become a comic. Um, I, I would not be talking to you about these things right now if it were not for Tim Dillon. So but in a way... Never, you've never met him personally? You just These are just interactions from, like, just I've been him. to five of his shows. Okay. I mean, like, he's seen me in, in the front, because that's the other thing. I'm a motherfucker. I don't sit with the comics. I am a fan first and foremost, and I, you will always see me in the front of your show. Okay. That's... Because... I'm a perfectionist. I like being able to watch the mannerisms. I like being able to observe and study. Yeah. So yeah. that's another element as to why I sit in the front. But I'm a fan, first yeah. and foremost. And um, Tim Dillon really did save my life in so many ways. He, I, I am uh, a fan, so I don't feel like I ever really want to impede his space. Which I'm sure he would be respectful, like, like, respectful of, but like, because I look up to him so much, so I don't want to be a friend. I don't want to bother him. Right, right. Because right. I respect him. Right. I got it. I got it. I got exactly what you're saying. So. Yeah. There, is there also that small fear that uh, if you were his friend, it would it would be like a different like like some of the magic would be gone. I have that issue too with comedians who I am friends with now that uh -huh. I'm just like, oh, this magic is gone. This is, but it's, but some of them are not. Some, but there are... There oh, are no. He, he and I would be perfect best friends. Like, I know that we would be because 
you know, you'll have this interaction with me and then maybe I'll vanish for a week and then oh, okay. I'll send you something funny. You know, like I'm, I'm an Aquarius by nature. So, I mean, I've got my feet kind of on the ground, but I'm also kind of floating upwards. So I don't, I don't have any um, clinginess to me. Okay. I'm not, I'm not somebody that's like, Oh, we're friends. Let me be up your ass. Let me hibernate in there. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh man, yeah. I used to have there. I used to have this guy, and I would hang out with him. And uh, it was right in my heyday of like where I was kind of popular. So I would get invited to a lot of uh, parties and things like that. And he would always he he was notorious for like going to the comedy store going to the dumpster behind Barnes and Noble at the Grove for when they had book signings. And like, I didn't know this until I started hanging out with him, but people hang out in the, by the dumpster at, at the Grove in Los Angeles at Barnes and Noble to get stars coming out from doing book signings. And he would like do this thing where he would take a picture with them. And then the Facebook post was always something like, had the pleasure of running into so-and-so. I'm like, no, you didn't. You, like, specifically went out and acted like you were smoking at the comedy store so you could take a picture with this person when they came out. Or you, like, hung out by a dumpster so you could come out and be part of the book thing. But uh, it was just always just... He was a very... Uh, uh... Oh, and then he would do things like... I would, I would make a celebrity friend, and then he would, like, latch on to that celebrity friend... And then he would kind of steal that celebrity friend from me. It was very frustrating. <laughs> it's very frustrating. You, you know, I've met so many celebrities, quote unquote, famous people. Right. Like, it doesn't, you know, I, I've been in this industry for 15 years. Yeah. And you've got to be, and, and you've got to be respectful. You've got to be cool. And, but, uh, no, I, I don't know if we're going to say the same thing, but maybe, but I'm just saying that I, for me, it's like, you, they're just normal people and you just got to treat everybody like normal people. Right. And, and, and I wouldn't. have, I've only ever taken, um, photos of just me and, and that person twice. And that is Martin Scorsese. Okay. And Mel Brooks. Okay. Uh, my, so, Mel Brooks is great. Mel Brooks is like the reason why I'm still politically incorrect. Mel oh Brooks yeah! Is, don't don't yes. make me break out into uh, a producer's to um, <laughs> show tune because then we'll really get taken off yeah, the yeah. flood street. Mel, Mel Brooks is fantastic, but no, I, I I'm on the same page where it's like I there'd be so many times where somebody'd be like, "Well, if you know this person, how come you don't have any pictures of this person?" I'm like, "Because because you I, don't do it. I don't do that." And and it was and and there'd be times when somebody would say. Um, like, I think the only times like I had pictures with somebody was uh, Nick Swartzen was at an AOL build event that I was at. And okay. when it was all done, he was getting his picture taken because they always do professional pictures. And he was like, hey, come come take your picture with me. And, and I got a really nice picture from, from that, which I thought was great. And then the other time was I was doing social media for this place in New York City called... Uh, Celsius, which is like a pop-up restaurant. I've heard like, of that. You know, ice drink or whatever. And uh, Nick Jonas was there. And the girls that worked uh, in social media were like, oh my God, take a picture with him. And will you take a picture with us together? And I was like, sure, why not? Or whatever. And then he said, he goes, 
hey, you want to get a picture with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. That's it. I was like, I'm not going to be. And it was even, but it was like somebody who, he was an example of somebody who was like, I could give or take this picture. But it's nice to be like, oh, I got a picture with this random person. So, I mean, I, I, I hung out with Collective Soul for a couple months because I was helping them, I taught them social media back in like 2008. And... They were touring with Gavin DeGraw, and I don't have okay. any. I have one picture with one of the guys from Collective Soul, but I have. I also have a picture with Gavin DeGraw, and it was just one of these things where he was like, "Hey, I see you all the time because you're hanging out with Collective Soul. Let's do a picture." And and I, I didn't know who the guy was, <laughs> but and I don't think he's even. Does he? Has Gavin DeGraw put out a song in the last? I'm just you know you're a '90s kid, so I can. I. He's know. not even oh, a nineties oh. kid. He's like a two thousand. Yeah. He put out Chariot, and that was it. That's all I know. He might. You know what might have happened to him is he could have gotten um, scammed into one of those contracts. No, that you they know what happened to him? He was notorious for hitting on women who had boyfriends, and the last time I saw him was when he was in New York City, and a guy tried to run him over because he was flirting with this guy's girlfriend at a bar. And there was nice. another situation where he actually got collective soul and him got kicked out of Florida, out of this town in Florida, because he was hitting on some girl and then started a bar fight. And the guys from collective soul jumped in to help out. And then they all got kicked out of this town in Florida. So it's, but Gavin DeGraw is a ladies man. That's what it was. That's what happened to him. If something happened to him, it was because he was a ladies man. That's gonna okay. Be, that's going to be my alleged example so i take full responsibility don't come after alex for that gavin DeGraw. if you want to sue me for making statements like that i take full responsibility for that for that <laughs> uh i do want to talk about let's let's change subjects a little bit because we're talking about politically correctness i want to talk about this is this the right screenshot i don't know if you can see that or not this is it's pretty small i'll read it to you Joel okay. D. Anderson is re replying to somebody's tweet. Um, uh, Joel D. Anderson is with uh, uh, what? What magazine did I say? Slate. He's he's a writer for Slate magazine. He has declared on Twitter and apparently has started a big deal deal about this that using the term "woke" or calling somebody "woke" is now a racial slur. Yes. So his his thing is. If you complain about something being woke, or you you like you complain, oh they made this they made uh, Sex and the City the reboot of Sex and the City too woke, and I hear that complaint all the time that they're just trying way too hard to make it into something it's not, or any of this other stuff. Then some then according to him, by definition, that's a racial slur. Well, so, the the but, strong will outlive the weak. And I think that we might be seeing that sooner than later in this world today. Um, it's a lot of grasping. It's a. I think this is. A, I think this is a lot racial slur. Yeah, that's but, just it. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so then where does because woke I thought is that, just politically correct, and so so if you call somebody PC, is that now racial slur? Is uh, and I and pussy I culture? It. Yeah, we pussy I call. Pussy culture, right? We're we're on the same page with that. Uh, but also, I mean, 
in, in regards to that, then are terms like Karen going to like, where do you stop? Where can you say that's, that's a racial slur. That's, that's a, a, a derogatory statement. Calling somebody a Karen is now derogatory or anything like that. So where does it stop? I mean, it shouldn't even honest, start. It shouldn't even start. In my it opinion. shouldn't even start. I mean, like at this point, okay. We talked about this on the phone. The word opinion is from the Latin word opine. Opinion means my opine. It doesn't mean that it's a fact. It's an opinion, right? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we have opinions that match others and how they feel. But that doesn't mean that it's a fact. So at, at this point right now, you've got so many people that have these platforms like that we're on right now. They can get on TikTok and they can bitch and then the algorithm is going to shoot it through because it's negative, right? Oh, yeah. Nobody wants to listen to anything that's positive. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants yeah. to hear anything that's good that's going on in someone else's life. We only want to focus on the negative because yep. that's where we feel our our source of energy boiling. Oh, completely. So really what it comes down to is anything that's negative, we're going to fixate on more so. Yeah. That's what the problem is, is that instead of having these algorithms share positive things, ways to find yourself, ways to balance yourself. This is all a negative feed. So I don't think it's a matter of political correctness as much as it is everyone wants to be right. Nobody wants to be wrong. Is it, is it that everybody wants to be right or that it's easier... <coughs> Excuse me. It's easier to be to victimize yourself. Both. Okay. It's easier to be the victim, and it's easier to grasp onto something, especially when you're fixating on something that is negative yeah. over something that is positive. So, you know, look. If you want to be referred to as they or them, let me know ahead of time. Yeah. But don't get mad at and me. I will, if I and guess. I will adapt it in. Yeah. I don't have an issue with how you identify. I'm only trying to live my life and right. tell stupid jokes that, that or stories about my life that that have a connection with people that makes them stop thinking about the things that are just going wrong with the world. I mean, you know. The whole political correctness thing, it comes from everyone wanting to be heard, everyone wanting to be right. And you have these people, these CEOs of these tech companies taking advantage of that and having everybody go into a tailspin when they see something on their TikTok. Yeah. Or they see something on YouTube. Or, you know, like just something as simple as scrolling through your Instagram feed, you'll you'll go by all the, the, the stupid things that your friends are doing, but the second that it's like, oh, my car, uh, I got hit by an 18-wheeler, I'm okay, 
but this is my car. So they show the picture of the car. That's the only time you're going to start receiving like any type of sympathy from people because it's a negative feed. Oh yeah. So in order to combat this whole political correctness and look, everyone should be respectful. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you voted for Trump or Hillary or uh, the dead guy that's in office right now. I mean, I don't I don't care what you do. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect my life. I can look at anybody's point of view and walk away and say to myself, I get it and I understand. I'm not going to make somebody feel badly for believing a certain way, but there's a pack mentality with this political correctness. Oh, like yeah. if, it's, if you, it's if you it's go through, yeah. if you go through the comments, there's a pack mentality and there's a ruth, uh, a ruthlessness that, that happens when you're ripping apart a person. Right. Uh, here's here's an example. Let me throw this out to you because I, I, I want to know your opinion on this. This is a good example. Okay. So, I will opine away. Okay. T- Ted Cruz's daughter was having a private conversation. She's 12. She's having a private conversation with somebody about her sexuality. Okay? Whatever. She's okay. 12. She can... Whatever. Th- that's, that's her figuring business. Figuring it out. Yeah, she's figuring it out. Uh, the left thinking, oh, we're going to give this girl a voice, starts to, like, really push it out and tagging Ted Cruz and stuff like that. And they're not, they're acting like they're doing it because they're like, oh, we're supportive of this girl and her sexuality. No, first off, this girl is 12 years old. And I said, you understand you're discussing this girl's sex life. They're like, no, we're talking about her sexuality. And I go, it's the same thing. It's 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 the same scenario because if you're talking about this girl, you're showing an interest in what she's interested in sexually, and that's to me that's kind of creepy, in my opinion. So but they were, were using it. They were children. They, yeah, that's what they that's what they were doing. But they were okay. They were exploiting this girl, and they were doing it in a way that they were rubbing it in Ted Cruz's face that this girl had identified as bisexual. Which then in my, in my brain goes, well, then you're saying that being bisexual is wrong or be, being bisexual is bad or you're using bi, bi, being bisexual as some sort of bad negative thing because you're trying to make Ted Cruz feel, feel bad about his daughter. And then I'm thinking to myself, and that's not helping her because if she had problems coming out to her dad before, if you're going to turn, if you're going to weaponize her sexuality against her father, that's going to make him a little bit more aggressive in the, in his opinions on that. And I'm just like, where where is this mentality? Where did this mentality come from that anybody thought it was good to begin with to discuss this girl's sexuality? This 12-year-old girl's sexual 12 or 13-year-old girl's sexuality. Exploitation yep. of a minor. Yeah, and it's a very common theme on a certain yeah. a certain side of the of the spectrum. Exploitation of uh, a minor. So how how do I feel about that? Well, that's a child. Yes. Um, I know from my personal experience. Okay, if you look at my modeling photos, I'm very I, I'm perceived to be very glamorous, right? Well, as a child, I liked wearing boys' clothing. Okay. I didn't like wearing dresses. Sometimes I had to wear the dress 
because I, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, um, Italian, Dutch, Swedish, Jewish. So you know how that goes. Sometimes you have to appease the parents sometimes. Right. But, you know, I didn't look at it as a sexuality thing. I looked at it like I liked wearing boys' clothes. I liked playing football. I liked being a jock. It's what I liked. She's 12. Yeah. I didn't even really know who I was or started to figure out who I was until I was 25. Yeah. And I, uh, well, and I agree. And it's because she's I, I an innocent baby. Yeah. That's uh, a 12 year old. I watched this thing on, I watched this, well, I started to watch it. I couldn't watch it all the way through because it's making me upset. But mm-hmm. I watched this documentary from BBC or something like that that they put out about TikTok and it's on Amazon. And I was watching it and it was talking about how TikTok has started to make girls become anorexic because it's starting because it's starting to show girls how like there were actually girls sneaking instructions on how to be anorexic, like stuff like they were teaching girls how to be anorexic and then they were hiding like the algorithm would catch it and then they would change their little passwords around and like change their codes of words. Yeah, I, I, I know what they were, they yeah, were doing. And, 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 but also at the same time, I feel like TikTok has made it so like, uh, it's, if a 12 year old hasn't figured out their sexuality yet, then they're a bad person. Like TikTok has made it been like, what, you don't know if you're straight or gay yet? You don't know if you identify uh, what your pronouns are? You're a, you're not cool. You're not a you're not a cool person. It's sort of like the idea of like uh, you're still a virgin. It's sort of like that, but like on a whole bunch of different levels of that. It's pack mentality on a mass scale. Yeah, because you don't fit this norm. What I consider norm, and all these other bullies, what we consider normal. Right. Um, you know, and may you I said also it right too. You said, interject. By the way, Alex, you said it right because you said bullies because they're, yes, they're acting like they're, they're the heroes, but they're the bullies. They are the bullies. They're bullies. I'm yeah. sorry. If you make anybody feel less than, you're a fucking bully. Yeah. And I know all about that because I was bullied in high school. And, you know, these algorithms have changed it. I mean, I, I, okay, first let me go back to my point. Um, okay. When you're 11, 12, 13, if you're Italian, maybe like nine or 10, uh, that's when your hormones start to kick in. That's when it's like, oh, I have these. I've always wanted them, you know, type of thing. Kicks in. So you have all these hormones rushing in and out of your brain. It's going throughout, you know, the, the length of where all these hormone centers are, right? Yep. Um, it's an influx and you're trying to adjust. And that's kind of when you start forming the egoic self. It's not you but it's what you think you should be. Because you have all these hormones, you have all of these experiences, you have school, you, you, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I be cool? How do I know who I am? Okay, well, this program on Disney, I, 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 I'm like that, okay? There's my prototype. But that's not really who you are. Right. Well, that's not really how it's, anybody is. Disney. It's not yeah, how Disney's anybody is. Disney's a bad is, example. Yeah. As, a, as, a, as a child, yep. you're, st- you're trying to 
become an adult. Yeah. So, you know, with with TikTok and you know the these social media conglomerates that are you know putting out and look, I don't want to sound conspiratorial, but it is like these subliminal messages. It is like, this is how you should live your life. And you direct that at a kid, they're going to say, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Because this is what this person who I look up to is saying, and all these other people who are telling me I'm wrong. Yeah. And you're just a kid. And you're just trying to figure out who you are. And, you know, I, I, I try to live my life in a, in a basic way when trying to identify how people are coming at me and if it makes me feel anything from anger to sadness that's fear that person that is attacking me however which way that's all fear-based and i can understand and i can sit there and instead of taking their pain onto myself, I can say, I'm going to send this person love today. I'm, I'm going to, instead of reacting negatively, that's going to not only hurt another person, but myself, I'm going to take a stance and I'm going to react differently than how this person has come at me. Yeah. Does that make any sense? It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense to me. I think I think the problem is that uh, it's it, it, people are impressionable, especially the young people. Um, yeah. I, I and I feel like there's this mentality that if you, I see it a lot because you know, I I got I got a check mark on Twitter or whatever, big deal. But, and on Instagram, whatever. But what I see is, I see a lot of people that if you have some sort of opinion, they'll say to you, you shouldn't be saying things like that. You're verified and and people are influenced by what you say. And I'm thinking to myself, like, no, man, don't think of, like, make your own decisions. Think of your own stuff. But there is this, like, mentality now where influencers and celebrities and people like that, not all of them, but a large portion of them think that their opinion is gold and that what they're saying is the true facts and they think to themselves, oh, I should say something about this issue because I'm a celebrity and I'm on this TV show and I should say something because people need to hear my opinion on this. And I'm like, nope, I don't, I'm good. I I don't need to hear this. And I mean, they're starting to realize now, Gal Gadot came out the other day and said, I'm sorry I saying imagine. It was stupid. I realize now it was a very dumb thing to do. I don't know if you knew that she did that. Like when the lockdown first happened, she got a bunch of celebrities together and they all sang Imagine from their Oh from yeah. Their, from their mansions or whatever. And people yeah. were just like, this is this is insensitive and you don't you don't know what we're going through because you're living in a mansion. It's like when Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, Oh, let me pet my four donkeys and talk about uh, you know, deal with the lockdown. It'll be fine. And meanwhile, he's like in like a giant ranch in California, petting a bunch of animals and having a good time because, or Ellen, when she was like, I'm in lockdown and I feel horrible. And she's like in a huge 
in her huge mansion too. People just weren't getting it. So, well, but. and you know, here's here's the good thing about that um, with with the the rise of people gaining traction by making something of themselves, like all of these bullshit celebrities that we've blown for so many years, you know, that nobody cares about them anymore. Oh, like, yeah. I want to know what a hot fucking 19 year old on TikTok is doing more than what Ellen DeGeneres is doing. You know, that that's also, you know, it's a it's a cultural shift that's happening inside the industry. And I say, good, I say, like, anybody like like tim or andrew schultz like what they've been able to do it's because andrew we're schultz. all people that that are like yeah fucking thank you for saying that thank you for saying that i have yep. been feeling this way for so long thank you for you know taking the time to build a set and talk about all these things that i'm feeling and you're feeling and everyone else that has some sense is thinking thank you um and, and i'm sure i am sure that these industry pros they're pretty pretty frightened for their clientele that are like the meryl streeps of the world because nobody cares yeah nobody cares i no I, one lost, cares. I lost i lost meryl streep even before the pandemic happened because of stuff that was going on with Rose McGowan and Harvey Weinstein. And, and well, yeah. <clears throat> so and a lot of it, but, but it's nice to see now it's, it's nice to see it's, it's almost like uh, a good feeling in my, in my, in my heart, in, in my, uh, um, or in my gut is when I see somebody who is now at the end of getting can like in the process of getting canceled because they were the ones they were so vocal about everybody else getting canceled i mean the one of the best examples is um hold on there we go uh one of the best examples is uh pat oswald and but it, but it's but at the same time pat oswald came out in support of dave dave chappelle and then uh, <clears throat> did this great message with Dave Chappelle and uh, and just a nice friendly thing like this is my friend and we went to school together and all this stuff and then everybody turned on him and it was yeah. and it was just funny because it was Patton Oswald and he's notorious for turning on people so yeah and you know like as far as that goes I mean people really need to understand that we all come from one source when you start to berate another person that person can soon become you yeah there's something that you're gonna do you're gonna fuck up yeah and oh. karma is a real thing whether or not you want to you know chalk it up to being a coincidence or whatever the way you treat others you will receive it in like kind yeah, um, and that's that's a precautionary tale to anyone who thinks that they're better than anyone else. That you couldn't be in the same situation. Because um, this 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 life that we're living is just an experience. It is a human experience, and it can take a turn pretty quickly. 
<laughs> yes, it can. It, it, it really, it really can. And I've been there because I've, <clears throat> I was like on top of the game on Periscope and top broadcaster and all this other stuff, and then this individual started spreading rumors about me and things like that, and then I came crashing down, and I it 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 helped me because I think it made me a better person because it was more of like, you know, I got to be smarter about who I trust and I got to be better about what I say, but I also need to stand by what I say. When I, if I right. say something, I need to stand by it. And the nice thing though is recently that individual came out and the girl, Ashley Babbitt, who was shot during last year's January 6th thing, he, uh, uh, referred to her as a white trash terrorist and now he's being canceled. So it kind of turned around and I was like, Oh, that's how karma works. It's a very, uh, that's a, that's a very nice feeling when somebody who like tried to cancel me so many years ago is now getting canceled themselves and it sucks. And I, you know, and I, and I feel bad a little bit cause I've been through it, but at the same time, I also see that it, you know, it just depends on the person. Sometimes you're like, ha 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 sucks to be you. And other times you're like, oh damn, too bad on this person. But I, so I went, wait, I want to talk about something because we were starting to talk about it and I, are you good on time? I'm not. Holding. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, okay, good, good. Because we, we're going a little bit longer than I planned, but um, I. Oh, where is this thing at that I wanted to? Oh no, I guess we already we already talked about it because I was already talking about. It. Never mind. I'm dumb. I already brought it up. It was that. It was that tweet. I was like, oh, there's something I want to talk about, but it was it was a tweet. So, uh, but we did talk about that. So. Uh, yeah. Basically, like the the whole political correctness thing, yeah. um, and where we are as a society, is that we really need to learn empathy, because that's the one thing that I don't think we're talking about. We're also not talking about failure, rejection, bullying, yeah. all of these things that when when you choose to you know, go to war with somebody. Why is it worth that? Why is it so worth your energy to invest in it? What are you gaining from it? Yeah. So you can walk away with a smug I, satisfaction. Listen, Alex, I would say that when these people would come after me on, on Periscope and things like that, I was, I would just say to them, I think, what is your end goal? Do you want me to kill myself? Like, I don't understand what your end goal is because these people come after, after you and they're extremely vicious at you and they're trying to Google facts about you that aren't true and they're posting information about you. And you think yeah. to yourself, what, what is your end goal? I mean, are you, because are you going to try to get me fired from something or are you not going to be happy until I shoot myself in the head? And then, because I've seen that numerous times in my, in my lifetime of being on social media, I've seen a kid take his own life on live on on a live web stream because people were goading him into doing it and then all of a sudden all those people vanish out of the face of the earth and they delete what they're doing and they they hide away because it's this new world where there's no but it's starting to change it is starting to change there's no accountability like there's no there's no consequence for people's actions they can they can uh I had people like contacting my ex-wife who wasn't even involved with my live streaming and stuff like that, like harassing my ex-wife, harassing her, her, her husband, all these weird things that people were doing and with no sort of like 
consequence, except for the occasional time where I found they goofed up and they posted something that led me to their real information. And then I, like, there was one girl. It could be was, fun sometimes. It, it, was, it was fun. There was one girl yeah. that I found out had extorted a bunch of money from her company uh, to buy drugs. And she was, she was actually on trial and all this other stuff. And I was like, and all I did was post the thing and said, hey, is this you? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, that entire scenario went away. I found somebody who I was like, who was harassing me constantly. And then he made the mistake and I, and he'd always went by a fake name and I found his real name. And I found out the guy worked for uh, a psychological therapy place. Like, and he was like bullying people online. And I was like, uh, you think you're, do you think this company would like to know that you're, you know, that you're actually an online bully and the complete opposite of a social worker and vanished too, disappeared as well. It's just, it's, it's, it's a good feeling once in a while. I don't want to be that guy, but sometimes right. they leave you no choice. And and I'm going to say it sometimes that they're super horrible people. It's a good feeling. <laughs> I, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it sometimes I get, I guess I get cancel culture sometimes. I, I, I mean, I, I get it. Sometimes, like, I like when monsters like Harvey Weinstein are arrested or people like Jeffrey Epstein oh, yeah. are, you know, apprehended. I didn't like that he that he killed them both. Right, because um, we all know he didn't kill himself. No. Um, I have a fun Jeffrey Epstein story. I was uh, almost sex trafficked to Jeffrey Epstein when I was 14. Um, what? Act yes. Um, I So I had a great mother. Um, and I was a child. Uh, are are who you was... being sarcastic when you say I had a great mother? Yeah, or... I had a great mother. Um, okay. thank, thank God for her. Uh, I was at a modeling competition in Florida. Oh, okay. And um, and I'll never forget it because it was uh, E equals MC squared or MC squared models. And the guy um, was French, Jean-Luc Brunel. Uh. They, had, they were interested in having me um, come out and model and live in Paris, France. Oh. In that's a model like a, that's house. That's a Family Guy episode right there. In, in a model house. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, wow. you know, I was 14, so I was down. I was ready to go. Packed my bags. Fuck high school. I'm going to France. My mother said absolutely not. Thank God. And wow. The, you know, the, the funniest thing is that I would have these fights, these massive fights with my mother, you know, as a teenager, and I would throw it in her face. I would throw in her face that I could have been a famous model by now. All I had to do was take that contract and go to Paris, and I could have been away from all of this. And she would always say that that wasn't a modeling contract. That was sex trafficking. Oh, yeah. And I'll never forget. It was like, I don't know if it was 2008 or 2009 when Epstein got arrested. She was watching, I think, HLN. Yeah. And I walked in and she looked at me and she said, and this is why I didn't let you go to France. Oh, wow. And you, my mother passed what away if it in been, What if it would have been like, I, I'm, I'm sorry to be nervous, but what if it would have been like, all of a sudden they said, 
And this uh, modeling company, E, e equals MC squared. It was something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it turned out that it was Jean-Luc Brunel. That was the one that gave, gave me the contract proposal as a kid. Um, wow. Yeah. And, you know, she never got to see Epstein getting arrested again. Um, so I just found that so fascinating that if I didn't have such a protective parent that I could have been just like one of them. Wow. It's, it, it's fascinating, uh, to me. So monsters like that, I'm about them not necessarily being canceled, but like having a mirror put in their face so they can be held accountable for the horrible things that they've done. Right. You know, I don't think that it's okay to use sexual misconduct or sexual assault as something to get ahead. Right. I don't no, think it's yeah. okay to use children to get ahead. I don't think it's okay to take racism as a vehicle to move forward with what you want to do. And that's the problem with this whole cancel culture is that there are victims of countless atrocities. Yeah. Who are quite literally being used so somebody who's mad at someone else can score a few million dollars on a lawsuit yeah. or have some sort of power gain or because this person like the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a great example that's, of like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Right, yeah. You know, it, it's not a matter of being canceled. It's be, it's a matter of being held accountable for your actions. Yeah. I think a lot changed also. I mean, if you look at nowadays, and people watched, you know, these uh, real American crime stories come out and stuff like that. And the one came out with about Monica Lewinsky. And it was... A, she was a 21-year-old girl. Yeah, and, and, and that's just it. It's like when I remember everybody dumping on her and SNL made all these jokes about her and everybody was like... She was a fucking yeah, kid. Yeah, and, and, but, and now you watch it now and people are like, oh, man, no, I get it. I get it, you know... What, and and you just realize like destroyed her life. Yeah, they tried to drag it. And also, I want to ask you this because you were talking about Epstein. Do you? How do you feel about this whole idea that like the the uh, Maxine, what's her face? They didn't televise her trial. They said it was too graphic. And I'm like, then put Gislaine. it on HBO Max. Put it on HBO oh, Max. Gislaine. That's fine. Free Lane. She's a victim. God damn it. Um, but she. How do I feel about it? Okay, here's the thing. It's federal. So they don't have to televise it. Okay, but there's a. I, I feel like the reason they didn't televise it is because, and it and it's coming out now because these people that were getting charged, now that she's been found guilty, now these charges will actually stick. And you're seeing people like Prince Andrew and stuff like that lawyer oh, up yeah. because. Oh there, yeah. There you go, and it's just and that's that's the thing about it is that, is that part of the reason that it didn't get televised? I'm just amazed she didn't get killed i mean i'm amazed she didn't kill herself 
in quotes, like, you know. She, they couldn't kill her um, after the whole Epstein thing. Um, they had to, they had to have some sort of fall guy. Um, I'm hopeful that um, there won't be a mistrial due to this whole um, juror. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I have heard about that, that that juror came out and said uh, that they were a victim of sexual assault or whatever. And so then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know. Yeah, I mean, which that I feel is kind of a brilliant play. Yeah. If if there was any sort of uh, cross information shared, if you catch my drift on right. that. Also, um, also the other thing about her trial was she was found guilty on like five, five counts, five, and one of the charges wasn't whatever. And anyway, so I live here in Chicago, right? The Jesse mm -hmm. Smollett trial, when he was found guilty, there was one charge he wasn't found guilty of. And I remember the lawyer going, well, that doesn't make any sense. He should have been found guilty of all of these charges. So we're going to, we're probably going to demand a mistrial. And I'm like, no, these were two different charges. Like there was five charges about the same night and then a separate charge about a different night. But the, the whole Jesse Smollett thing, I also feel like he hasn't, that was an example of somebody who would have been like, uh, if Jesse Smollett would have been like two years ago, he would have been like, Guys, I lied. I'm an idiot. I lied. Here's $130 to the to, to the Chicago Police Department for the money that they wasted on my trial. I'm sorry. And and you'd be seeing Jesse Smollett in a movie this year. Because Hollywood wouldn't give a shit anymore. After two years, they would have been like, whatever, we don't care anymore. He's done with it or whatever. And now he's just holding on to it and like, oh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it, even though he's been proved guilty. And now he's just, I just feel like he's ruining his career. He could have easily, two years ago, said, I'm sorry, he would have went through the two years of not having any work, but by now he'd be in a Marvel movie. Because <laughs> that's just... I mean, that's, yeah. that's my logic on that. It's, people yeah. are very quick about forgiving people. I mean, look at like all these people that hated... And all these people that hated past politicians and now they love these politicians. It's a very oh, that's weird... my favorite. Yeah. yeah, and that's like a little media trick that they do, like with John McCain and oh, making John, him John like McCain, a John McCain was a great example of somebody who... Uh, George I, Bush, too. That's oh, a great, George great Bush, one. It's, it's, it, was all, it was this thing where a lot of it was... A lot of it, in my opinion, has been... Anybody, shall I say Dick? Anybody Dick who's was the against, real president. Uh, any, anybody who's against... Uh, Trump was automatically like a hero in in this whole like mindset of things and whatever, and that was the that was the simple like oh let's hop on this bandwagon where if we all hate this guy then all of a sudden we're a, we're a hero now, and meanwhile like years before that he's mentioned in every single rap song in the nineties <laughs> so whatever right um, yeah. well I mean I mean there are so many TV shows I mean even in the two thousands um, and this is something that I think people need to realize is that these figureheads, these puppets that they use, they're all basically owned by corporations. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. and you're investing so much energy in these people who literally have nothing to do with the decisions that are being made. Oh right. You know, it, it and it's 
it's hard to break this down the way that I can think better than I verbally can explain. But if you look up the companies that make the most money, trace those donations to whichever person they're backing. And that's who's running that party. Yeah. You, you know? And oh, yeah. I, I, I always say when people ask me, are you left or right or in the middle? And I just say anti-establishment because I just believe so much in the Declaration. I believe so much in the Constitution. That's where my political leanings are is to protect what this country was founded upon. Um, read George Washington's farewell address. And that's what we're living right now is his greatest fear. And people really need to wake up and realize that we're pawns in this game. They want us to be separate. They don't want us to unite. They don't want us to love and live the life that we're supposed to. They don't want us to have dreams. Yeah. They don't, you know, they, they, they want you to be a slave to a corporate entity and die at 55 to 65 yeah. and keep cranking that wheel. They want you well, to, they want us to fight amongst us ourselves so they can be over here doing whatever they want and it's, and, and making all the money off of it and, and whatever. Yeah. So it's just a very, absolutely. It's, it's a good way to end the show too. That was a very profound way to end the show, Alex. So Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, Alex Van Zeeland has been my guest tonight on, on this sucky podcast. I would say you've been, you know, you've been a, the sucky guest, but you haven't really been a sucky guest, <laughs> even though that's your title is that you're, you're supposed to be considered a sucky guest. But uh, Alex, where can people find you on social media? I know I heard a rumor that you might be coming over to get her. So that would be fun if you popped over here and joined us over here. And if you I, do, I have leave a comment in the in this video so we can find you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, or I can come back if you ever want to like just do something uh, topics based on like the history of comedy or just like history in general, uh, quantum, quantum field, anything like that. I'm your gal. Um, but AVZBBY is my Instagram. Right. It is going through a bit of a um, revamp period. That's why I haven't been posting, but I post to my stories a little bit. I'm just trying to figure out how to convert from, you know, all these modeling pictures that I that I was posting as a quote unquote influencer, I guess, still, um, you know, because I'm pursuing comedy and I'm all in at this point, um, my Instagram is going to have to reflect that, which it does not at the moment. Ah, uh, yep. You're going to start getting really real heavy. Gonna yeah. Start and making TikTok. more reels. Lots of more reels and TikToks. Yeah, well, and I, I had a, a really great following on TikTok. I was like averaging 22,000 views on a live show, but they got rid, uh, got rid of that account um, because I was too controversial with talking about the things that we spoke about tonight. 
these were things I would talk about on the live stream, yep. and they got rid of that account. Many, so a, many account. a live stream on TikTok has been removed with the term pornography, and I'm like, there was no pornography in this live yeah, stream. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why they won't give me my account. It's like I I've never even done any of those things. So I have a new one. It's just AVZ comedy okay. on TikTok. Um, and I'll put that in the description for both. I'll put that in the comments down below here uh, on Getter. I'll put this in the in the description if you're watching. If you're listening to this in your car, uh, don't look it up on your while you're in your car because I don't want you to crash your car. But, you know, uh, it'll be in the description on Spotify. It'll be in the description on in uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, wherever. Where any places podcasts are available. Yay! So, um so thank you alex for being my first guest on my live stream i feel like it was a very it, this was great and you're right i will love to have you back at some point in the future uh i look forward to seeing you your comedy growing uh hopefully you get up here to chicago and do some comedy hopefully i go down to nashville and do some comedy that'd be fun too but uh oh, yeah. i i'm really looking forward to just seeing seeing your your comedy blossom in the next in 2022 Thank you so much. And, and um, I appreciate you for having me as your first guest. Um, and we will link up afterwards and we'll just talk some shop. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds fantastic. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up the show. That's what I'm telling you to mute for a second to while, while I wrap up the show. All right, so I'm going to wrap up the show. I just want everybody to uh, everybody have a wonderful uh, week. I will be back here next week with another live show if you're listening to this in on itunes in uh spotify any of those situations please do not hesitate to come and enjoy the live show you can follow us on getter you can join getter it's a great platform it's a great platform to just be able to have your own opinions i will have the links in the descriptions of the video for you to join us there and uh we'll be back i will be back uh Soon. Very soon. That works. Goodbye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sucky Podcast. Learn more at thissuckypodcast.com. Email us at info at thissuckypodcast.com.